2: Today's guest is uh, the wonderful singer-songwriter Emily Sandé, who I I don't think either of us have ever met and we're, we're excited that she's bringing her sister Lucy. Uh, I love when people bring family, family. I don't think we've had someone bring a sibling yet. Have we not? No, I don't think so. And, you know, she's she's had a really varied, hugely successful career as a black British female in music. That's not, not easy. easy. That not not easy. easy. And also there's been this report recently about the misogyny in the music industry yeah.
3: I was saying that, that there was a period where it seemed like every other song on the radio <laughs> or on TV was by Emily Sandé so oh
2: I know. love her voice do you remember the Emily Sandé years It was the like, Emily Sandé like, years she was just at the background of everything and she didn't look like a conventional pop star in the fact that she wasn't just like sort of sexy young dancing because at the time there was quite a lot of that She was a completely different flex. She's always felt very rooted to me, like really rooted in musicality, in her own musicality. Yeah. And a proper musician, you know, really interesting. A real And really absorbed in her own musicality, which I really like about her. She's also... Got this brilliant cadence to her voice that I love, which is that she's really powerful, but she drops it soft. Yeah. And that's what did you call it? Powerfully gentle. Powerful, yeah, gently powerful. Gently powerful. powerful. And I love that. Yeah. Very difficult, You here. This is for you guys, oh, it's just a, it's the new album. But, oh, yeah nice. it's been so Thank you. Thank you. We've been out. Uh, yes, I'll take your coat, babe. Yeah, thank you so oh, much. We've had an Emily mm-hmm. Sunday little rave before we oh, nice. okay. Right, so let's get this food down here. and Let's okay, get this. So are you going to tell started. the girls what we're eating? Mm-hmm. Beetroots that are poached in uh, pink peppercorns, berries, and uh, cow, some one other one little bits piece. that we found. And then we made a syrup, a reduction from that, and um, topped it off with some pistachios. And then we've got whipped vegan feta and roasted spiced pumpkin with lots of different herbs. And then made Ooh, I a love coin, the way that one looks Spinach amazing. and rocket and watercress. Wow. And then this is some um, roasted wow. cabbage with a cashew and tahini dressing and lots of spring onions. And then these are yam and potato cakes. Uh, stuffed with caramelised onions and uh, spring onion on the top. Wow. wow. Beautiful. Yeah. A vegan Forages. feast. Oh, a vegan yes. feast, mate. So, yeah, like, why don't I pass you that? As well. As well? Yeah, Thank help you. yourself, please. So, are you the kind of sisters that do quite a lot of things together or is this quite weird that you asked Lucy to do this and Lucy, you would... T- tricked into being. Good today. <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> well, we do a lot, like especially when we're living together. But usually, like works quite separate. Like Lucy will come to shows, but this is one of the first times we've done something like this yeah, together. other so. than the video,
0: other than the Shine. Video, oh yeah, we did like the Shine special... video. Yeah, uh, yeah. so you were in Emily's video. Yes, in, yeah. yeah.
3: But in it feels video, natural because Lucy's always been a big part of my journey from the very beginning
2: with music Lucy you're the one that filmed I Emily mean, singing and <laughs> yes. was it you that said let's send it to Trevor Nelson uh, well it's probably you that said yeah. let's send it but I'm on board obviously Wait, so <laughs> and I didn't our mum as well tell me what happened tell me all about this
3: well when I was a kid we had the piano downstairs and I would always just like make up these songs listening to music my dad had introduced me to and Lucy would always be the first critic I'm like Lucy it's ready come down on Lucy <laughs> <laughs> I do a little performance and then she'd always just give me this encouragement she never made me feel crazy for having this dream she's like yeah cool I was like let's video it and so lucy yeah i was videoing that first tape that went off to
2: trevor so important and yeah. it's like, what happened
3: you sent a tape off to trevor nelson yeah i used to listen to rhythm nation yeah and brilliant. A, he was like any singers out there rappers get it out and i me being in scotland i was like how else am i gonna
2: i know i miss this kind of old school the old school roots of getting into the music yeah. industry like quite Kind of, you had to be innovative, and you had to kind of just think about, you know, your own way of doing things, and just get on with it. Yeah, put exactly. things into action. Because you, oh, how old were you?
3: Yeah, what, 15, 16 there? Oh my
2: God, you were really young. Yeah. ready to go already. And my
3: mum was burning CDs, sending it off to radio stations, oh. like competition, anything. Oh. But yeah, it all stemmed started at that video, actually.
2: And something that I was quite interested in is that you, and I knew that you were a songwriter for a really long time um, before you were sort of being Emily sound It was like songwriting, then lots yeah. of guest spots, and then you became this r- unbelievably huge successful solo artist. But in the old, when you were a kid, you were really like writing songs, like writing writing songs mm. like writing bridges and middle eights okay, yeah. and stuff Makita's obsessed with I'm song was, <laughs> structure she's like what is a middle eight mum <laughs> I'm still not quite sure the difference between a bridge and a middle eight I mean obviously I thought it the was the same thing it's right. like a step the Americans bridge is, say bridge yeah, and we bridge say middle eight you've never said that no I've you know what I've never really understood that distinction that Americans say bridge and we yeah, say middle I think eight that yeah. is. I mean there might be some other or is the
0: bridge does it not lead up to the chorus or is yeah, that completely Different. that's the
2: pre-chorus okay. but yeah some people do call that the bridge and some well. people call that the step Oh, mm. I've never heard oh, that Oh That's because I'm old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was his 80s way of saying I the bridge. To the, step. Step. It to the step, Take another step. Take another step. That does sound like you. Yeah. It does sound quite old. But, but, but you weren't intimidated by that. You were just madly curious by the structure of song. Oh.
3: Yeah, and I think my dad, he introduced me to her, the world's greatest. There was no in-between. He was like, that's Nina Simone. Right. That's Aretha Franklin. That's Stevie Wonder. Uh, that's Anita Baker. So he just always showed me the, like, Creme de la creme. Yeah. So for me, I was like, "Whoa!" I'm listening to what they do—the intricacies, like Nina Simone's classical knowledge and so jazz. It was yeah. so intricate. So when I came to London when I started working Naughty Boy, that's when I had to like reel it in a little bit. He was like, "We need a verse, <laughs> 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 maybe a step." <laughs> And let's just sail on out. Like, like two <laughs>
2: choruses and we're out. You were like yeah. You were like, but then there's another little bit yeah. Here. Yeah. It's like, no, chill out. Yeah. Naughty Boy, tiny temper labyrinth. Yeah. Like that. Right. It was a huge yeah. surge in black British music. But it was very poppy.
3: Yes. And it was
2: Naughty Boy was behind a lot of that, wasn't he?
3: Yeah. I think his genius is really if you listen to Naughty Boy's like beats when we first met, they really just there, again, he was kind of out there as well. But then you kind of learn, okay, how do you write a song? How do you be successful as a songwriter? So I think that also like feeds into how you make your own music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he can find the soul and kind of polish it up to sound something like... Mm-hmm pop, but he's still got the edge. Yeah. So that's why I always loved working with Naughty Boy, because I'd learn but also he let me be me.
2: People kinda of use pop as a bit of a dirty word, but yeah. actually great pop music just means popular, you know. Yeah. So it's just music with a really good hook. Yeah. That you can't stop singing because it's excellent. That's yeah. really that's what really good pop but should be. But that's why that period of time was so great because there was it was like our us bringing our funk into the mainstream and sort of giving it the jacket it needed. Mm. to to live out there and then we just started taking over I really do remember this time it was a it was a, an exciting time, and actually, we have a, a connection, <laughs> kind of, because my ex-boyfriend was Luke, who was Professor Green's DJ okay. for like five yeah, years. Yeah. Yeah. So around that time, when read all about it, you, yeah. you, yours and um, Professor Green, Stephen's song went to number one. I just remember it was like powerful. It yeah. was like yeah. what a number one could still do. Because we yeah. just asked everyone in the room, no, no one knows what's number one yeah, today. Yeah, it's a different time. It does. Mm. So it's, it's not even really relevant anymore, is it? Yeah. Particularly, but that. Was It was life changing
3: now. Yeah. And like you said, it we all kind of knew each other. Like I I got signed to Tim and Danny at Stella Songs and they were like, you should hear this guy Labyrinth. And they were just playing demos while we we're driving around in London. So he was on his journey, stepping into that publishing first stage. Mm-hmm. Then Professor Green was had been signed to Virgin maybe six months before me. So before I got signed, to are Naughty Boy Studio. So it really felt like a community. Mm. And then for everyone to kind of
2: come up at the same time it was super exciting. Yeah, it feels good. It feels like a bit like, it's powerful. It's a magical thing. Yeah. For me, who's a bit older, it was interesting because it felt like finally sort of black musical voices or diverse or multicultural musical voices, which is what our world always looks like, were being allowed some space on the stage because prior to that, really... There'd be like, you'd have a one off, like Misha Paris would have one hit and then she would sort of disappear again. Or mm-hmm. no presence at the Brits, no presence at any musical awards, no presence really on Top of the Pops or mm. any of those places either. Yeah, yeah. So it really felt like finally there was some mm. space being made for. Oh, it was a precursor to a lot of shit that's happening now as well. Yeah. Like it was like, it was like, that's just as like, Dizzy was coming with, I mean, Dizzy was coming back, yeah. but then Grime was having its own moment, which mm. was like, now we're really bringing our yeah. shit. <laughs> like, and that's proper. the thing.
3: I think it's so cool that it also sounded British. Yeah. I think yeah. it was like, this is Very black form. British. Yes. Labyrinth always had like, his, I love his approach to music because it's yeah. so
2: unique. You're know? really and and I just idiosyncratic it. and yeah. often self completely. Yeah. Really interesting. And at this time, Lucy, in your life, were you, were you kind of sharing all this craziness that was going on with Emily? Was it, I guess
0: together? I was. We weren't at that time. I think I was kind of in and out. Yeah,
2: you
3: I think I just
0: graduated, so I followed Emily down to down here. But yeah, kind of in and out. You knew that your sister was up to cool yeah. shit in London, though. <laughs> but I would spend a lot of time, like in the stu- coming to Shah's studio, yeah. and just do you know what it was? Just being there to just an observer. Mm. Or a witness, did yeah, to, it to feel inevitable, inevitable to you
2: that she was do, she was coming yes, through? Yes, and, and I love
0: that question because that's always felt. I feel like I learned what faith is, like right. the feeling of faith, from knowing from when we were children. Because this was. Emily was so young when she knew that's what she wanted to do and when yeah. she started singing started songwriting that I just knew and a lot of the setbacks I always think that sometimes I was a bit insensitive mm. because when you <laughs> had a setback but I was you know I knew in my heart well this is gonna be everyone's gonna hear these songs that I'm hearing or our family's hearing everybody's gonna hear so yeah Wait, so what well, you were you way to describe it you half I just sibling. remember maybe there was like I just remember there being a setback <laughs> and I wasn't as compassionate as or you as sensitive as I could yes. have been because for me it was like okay but then what's next kind of thing maybe but, you that know. was just
2: the level of your faith that's how she's dressing <laughs> it up Emily right I believe in you so much I don't even see this as a setback <laughs> I believe
0: in you so much could you shut up <laughs> yeah stop whining we're fine, fine. <laughs> you're gonna be a star but yeah it was inevitable that's the perfect mm. way to describe yes. it mm. I like yes that you, I
2: like also that you said uh, being an observer of this mm. time because I think yeah. maybe Emily when you're because I know when I was young and my career just went Pow. you just, sometimes you miss it when mm-hmm. you're in it mm-hmm. and you you have your family go you know that was mental that year yes. and you're like oh yeah yeah, I guess it, yeah, it yeah. was. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah,
3: And then reminding you, like, take a break. Like, Lucy's the best, but she's like, um, I've just looked at your diary. Maybe we should take a bit there. Yes.
2: And it's important, because otherwise you completely burn out. But yeah, observing from that. And it's, it's hard to, to think about that, though, isn't it? Because you're so whipped up with the excitement mm-hmm. of it as well. And also, as a person who's had setbacks, <laughs> you, you never know whether that setback's going to come yeah. again. So you kind of, it's really hard to say no to stuff, just yeah. in case... They, the next opportunity doesn't come. Yeah. There's always that in the back of your head. Did yeah. you feel like that though?
3: Like, yeah, exactly yeah. there. And also because this was a kind of, you know, pioneering time in terms yeah. of black people in the pop charts. Yeah. It was is this gonna happen again? Is this is this the last opportunity? It's is this yeah, let's go. Yeah. And after years of trying to get the door down, you can end up just overworking mm-hmm. because you're just afraid to take that break but you need it artistically to know what you want to do next and Mm. i think that's the problem when musicians are in the industry Mm -hmm. you forget that it has to come from the music and you kind of lose faith that that's where it all began in the first place
1: small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes
2: What i wanted to ask you about was the way that you approach things because you're really academic and have had a whole kind of academic life before music or sort of around and threaded throughout studying neuroscience basically i
3: went to glasgow to study medicine three years of med school there so then you're exploring you know first year is like anatomy then you go into biochemistry then third year you get a bit more clinical so you're getting you know into it and then after your third year if you want to do an intercalated degree you can go and specialise in something you like. Um, I, le- I really wanted to look more into neuroscience. So it's kind of just a module within the intercalated degree. What's an intercalated degree? I don't know
2: what it's that like is. It's like
3: a specialist year where you can get your Bachelor of Science wow. on top of your medical degree if uh, you want to do it. So
2: my mum probably thinks she's ready for this because she thinks she's been to med school because of how much she watches of Art and you <laughs> You
1: definitely I know more than no, me no, at this, point Trust me. There is some
2: fucked up shit. She'd be like, yeah, but that's obviously a blog. I'm like, oh my god.
1: So I'm you're like, probably. probably
2: Pulmonary your edema, I'd say. Yeah. I'm like, get out of here with your grades, anatomy, med school. so mom, this Get is him up real. to the fifth floor Get him up to psych. You know yeah. what's needed. Stop mucking like, so about. So, mum, this is real med school. Exactly. This is actually med school, right? I mean, that's a lot of study. I know your dad was a teacher, and Lucy, now you're a teacher.
0: Dad is a big driver of education, mm-hmm. and he's one of like 10 siblings. Who he had the opportunity to pursue further education, as none of his other siblings did, and he came over to the UK through education. So uh, Zambi- from Zambia, Zambia yeah. yeah.
3: Lucy was like really, well, you still are, but was really athletic and brilliant footballer. Oh. So that we, I had our passions. My mum is music, Lucy's sports. But mm. rule number one,
2: yeah, it makes sure
3: school has to be school has to be cool, <laughs> right. and then you can get onto the rest of the stuff. Right. But the grades need to be on point, and you <clears throat> need on to take point seriously. as seriously, like
2: straight A's.
0: As good as you can do. Yeah, like, I think it was more just the, per- like, be purposeful in yes. education. Like, you're there to learn, make the most of it. Value it. Yeah, value, value it. it. Yeah. He
3: always made sure we didn't take it for granted and remind us of our grandma and our aunties, like, they're really intelligent women. They mm. could have excelled right. given the opportunity. To have this and education. And he's like, look at what you have. Don't wow. play around. Mm. Wow. So it was all, yeah, he was teaching us the alphabet, like what, two, three, like he was on it. Yeah. And then yeah, Lucy got a first class law degree
2: and oh. then she decided- <laughs> I'm a little scared of Lucy. I'm a little scared of Lucy, <laughs> no. Side hustle, <laughs> law degree. This is all quiet in the yeah. corner yeah. With, her, with her enormous brain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's out of control. <laughs> That's amazing. You no, know, I'm so interested in that because it really academia is just not in. It's not run through. We're both also very purposeful in everything we do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I educated myself myself. I'm just not very good within traditional educational right. academic parameters. I basically I don't like people telling me what to do. <laughs> yeah, let's just get <laughs> it a bit more straight. I mean, I could dress
0: it up any way you like. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not very but good with authority. It's true authority. that I home educate my children pretty much Are for that do? reason that there's one way but it doesn't fit every unique individual so I yeah I left that. school
2: and I feel like that's when my education started I started mm. to, I, mean, I was always reading and reading and reading but when I left school I kind of had time mm-hmm. to actually read about what I wanted to read about mm. you know I discovered people like Toni Morrison and all sorts of incredible writers and my mind sort of got blown you know Nikki Giovanni and like a beautiful poetry and James Baldwin and all these writers mm-hmm. see this was my edu- this is my uni this was wow. my <laughs> <laughs> how she talks about things like it's just it's, it's really interesting you say purposeful that that was something that was important to your dad because I guess that can be in academia but it can be about the way you live your life and exactly. the way you take things mm-hmm. in and the way yeah. you approach things yeah. and that's what I was taught by my mother just be purposeful and mm. value everything that's around you pay attention yeah. to your life mm. and mean it yeah mm. yeah Mean it, never do anything halfway. Do you know what I mean? Don't just half turn up if you're gonna turn up, turn up fully, yeah. or stay home. yeah, but throughout all this, your dad you said was like uh, helping you with the music as well, like um. What's the right terminology? Like hel- uh... hot housing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like you know, like helping you put things out and like make. I imagine like artwork and put oh, it out. Like, right, right. Oh, you know that's not I mean? hot housing. Right, right, no, right. no, I'm supporting. Not, I <laughs> I knew supporting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not hot housing. Supporting. <laughs> yeah. So was that ever worrying him? The fact that you wanted to go into an industry like the music industry.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was mainly mum burning off the CDs, sending things. Oh, down. sorry, mum. That's Just, the, that's yeah. what I meant. Burning yes. off the
2: CDs. That was yes, hot.
3: yeah. I remember when the Chipmunk came out. The Chipmunk Sun came out. Yeah. Uh, Diamond Rings. On the radio they didn't mention me they were just like a chipmunk's new single and they didn't say my name so my mom was like by the way the girl who's singing <laughs> oh, that song is called. <laughs> so she really went for it i mean she was managing stuff like from day dot they did worry a little bit i mean when i rang my dad to say listen i'm gonna leave med school and go to london looking back that was pretty maverick because mm-hmm. i didn't know i knew naughty boy in London that was it didn't know where I was gonna live but I just got signed as a writer so I was like I can afford to live in London for a year so let's just see but I think that's what made the whole journey way more purposeful as well because I was like I've left a career in medicine which yeah. is serious mm-hmm. and I've got a year yeah <laughs> so like I wasn't going and chilling out in the studio I was going to write and what can we like just work and you just know. have the, the hunger and that heat under you and what year did you leave med school Two thousand and
2: nine was
3: it? Yeah. You Wait, a minute. It. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait
2: a minute. So that means three years later you're closing and opening the Olympic ceremony. Yeah, it really, okay, oh so it really <laughs> is. <laughs> safe, yeah. it's Come, yeah. now.
1: Come now. Come now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you. I'll, you. I'll <laughs> show you
2: purposeful. <laughs> I'll show you goals. <laughs> I, mean, <'cause laughs> I knew you I knew of course you had a huge presence that it was such an amazing performance. What a thing to be part of. But I didn't know you were part of the opening and closing. It's just
3: yeah, Beautiful. Beautiful.
2: phenomenal. Yeah, it really felt like, especially because
3: after the journey beforehand, then this, you know, all the risks to be there really felt surreal, complete dream. Mm. And yeah, just to be, I think it was random. They didn't know who each other teams had booked, but they just happened to both ask me, the closing ah, ceremony team
2: and the opening ceremony. And I was like, yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That was really interesting about I that. So I remember up. your
2: performance yeah. at that opening ceremony mm. so so well. You were just like an empress. You were just like <laughs> so beautiful. It was incredible. just yeah. extraordinarily powerful. But when I think about it, my perception of you was that of an artist who'd been around for quite some time. Right. So that's really interesting to me that we're talking about three years and we were before you got here talking about the Emily Sandler years. We were. Man, every time we turn on the it's Emily Sandler again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Emily, 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 <laughs> <laughs> so and I think that meant that gave you a kind of a, a kind of weight to your power yeah that was really quite beautiful, I have to say, in a a really kind of, made me proud to see this beautiful black girl standing up there singing powerfully gently. You've got this powerful, gentle thing that you do that gives me goosebumps. (laughs) I love it because it's so rooted Mm. and it's so so outside of what we come to expect from young women in the music industry. So many young women are pushed into doing so many Mm. different things like skipping about and maybe losing themselves somewhat. Mm. How did you really hold on to that is it because you're a writer as well do you think
3: i think that was a big part of it and also i was just i've always been quite serious with music even as a kid mm-hmm. i you know i said to myself i'm not going to write love songs because everybody likes love songs this was about eight so i <laughs> wanted to write about world politics and even from young i thought music is a really serious thing that's probably because I've been introduced to Nina Simone, for yes, example. Right. And she's talking about you know the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And she's talking, and then Joni Mitchell, you can just hear there's a sadness and seriousness. And also I said, this is a voice a medium women have. If you can write and be in control of your music, mm. your voice without anybody interfering can be heard. And not often we get to truly be heard so i always took music super serious yeah, yeah. that was I the other that. thing
2: we talked about before you got here was like the sense of that your musicality came first yeah. Always. And that's just, that's always such a kind of precious, beautiful thing to see. You know, that report's just come out. You Have you seen about oh, this report yes, about yeah. misogyny? I can't, I can't mm. believe that this doesn't already exist. I did a podcast about sexual assault in the music industry probably like five years ago. And I couldn't believe how much we got told and how hard it was to get through any doors. And we were doing it for the BBC, but we couldn't get... A kind of momentum mm. even though what we were putting out was kind of horrendous and horrific mm. uh in a way that it's been obviously been opened up in the film industry but the music industry just still there's just it's still the infrastructure is still so locked down mm. in this archaic way mm. so i hope that this does something There's- well the, the reports happened and you know just people who are listening who don't know you know yes, and it's I- it's really just it, it's not really exposed it's not like ne- n- nobody knows mm-hmm. but the misogyny in the music industry is rife has always been rife mm-hmm. and what women have had to put up with is just mm-hmm. it's you no know, unconscionable but they are they helped creating a body now that um women in the music industry can go and directly report instances mm. of misogyny or sexual harassment or yeah. anything they're going through makita said to me that that, that isn't there already mm, right, but yeah. no there isn't a place there's nowhere for people to go there's no really? way, there's nowhere for yeah. women to go did you what was your experience in in terms of the industry and <laughs> in that
3: Yeah, I mean, it's something that, I guess from the beginning, I always just sadly, that's what it is. It's part of it. And, I mean, slowly you see changes here and there, but the infrastructure is very much the same. Mm -hmm. You know, these are people usually men that have long long-standing relationships with one another and you know no one's gonna openly be misogynistic or but it's what's said behind closed doors which we're never gonna be privy to so it's just a feeling and always you know there's always a man to ask permission is this song good enough do you think this is ready Da 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 and then you take it to the next man uh, can we get a bit money for a video is that okay do you believe in this and there's decisions and conversations done between men and sometimes often women aren't really involved in those. So you do, it's a a brick wall a lot of the time and it's just finding, people that, one, have power, because that is important, but two, also have the, the humanity and the sensitivity that's needed with musicians. I think people forget musicians are very fragile people, yeah. very sensitive, and like you're thrown into one of the most cutthroat
2: businesses ever. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> who do I trust? Yeah. Like, so it's <laughs> and, that, and also, oh shit, there's no one taking care of me? Yeah, does right. anyone care? Well, <laughs> there's, no, there's no, that's what Lily Allen always says. Lily always says, it's just like, there's no care. Mm. You're not looked after. So you have to find ways to look after yourself. But, you? but you're, and you, and there's but there's a facade of care. Yeah. There's hundreds of people around you kind of going, you know, do you need another drink? Right. Da, yeah, da, da, da. Yeah. But if you actually need to really talk about something, yeah. who's there to listen? Yeah. So you left Virgin a few years ago, mm-hmm. and I read that you said, because they wouldn't let me do what I wanted to do. And I wondered what kind of things they're saying no to these yeah. days to... Of someone of your, I mean, your stature, your, stature and success. But mm. I am reading the Barbara Streisand autobiography at the moment. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! I can't believe she's managed to get it in again. Twenty-five minutes I waited. Twenty-five, 25 minutes. <laughs> well done, Nikita. Well done. It's, it's quite, all about babs I at the moment. to do one episode without mentioning, it, but this book, <laughs> uh, Lucy, Emily, I implore you to it's read also it. A really big book. <laughs> <It's a ton. laughs> but, and, I, and you know, each third would have about nine of these instances of just like. I had to fight, I had to push. You're like, but you're fucking Barbara Streisand. It doesn't matter. The struggle is never over, but you must keep fighting. Maybe that's it. Yes. But I wondered what your nose were. Like, is it art direction, musical direction? Yeah. It was, I mean, I will say with Virgin, you know, it was
3: a really magical experience, that first album. Yeah. And that was really special. So I never felt completely constricted, but I wanted total freedom. I really want to be like, this is who I am. And this is, but, you know you're in a really big corporate giant essentially that's what it was even though it felt small within the team i had a great NR, great art director we were kind of boutique within the virgin company but then mm. it grows and grows and then it got bought by universal right my A&R left right. so the things that i was really pushing let's say the second album after such huge success on the first people are trying to recreate it one way or another but i'm you know that was from my soul, you know, I don't know, whatever's gonna come next time is gonna come, you know. And uh, I was going through a lot of awakening, you know, in terms of my identity, being a black woman, how I had my hair didn't really fit me anymore. I realized what I was representing wasn't who I felt like inside and who I'd grown into. I, by that point I'd been to Zambia I'd finally met my grandmother wow. my, all my cousins wow. how old were you
0: when you went? 24 and that was the first yeah. time did, and you, I, did you go too yeah maybe I'd been once previously and then and the first time go. I was there as well and you got yeah. to
2: meet your grandmother
0: yeah wow.
3: and they were all singers everybody's really? a musician they're incredible musicians and singers and I just thought up until that point, I only really heard stories from my dad. What's it like? And, but going there, it was a real I'm feeling. So I was changing so much inside. You know, I'm, I can't be a product, and that's what they need. Mm. That's why they've signed you. That's why they've given them money. Mm. So that's the business. But I'm like, I'm spiritually changing. Yeah. So I think that first, for the second album, I had to put my foot down in that I want to do something a lot more spiritual and that reflects my life. I can't be jumping around singing next to me right now because Mm. I'm going through a divorce. I'm changing, you know, I'm having this massive awakening inside of me, but I have to stay working. It's so
2: funny, isn't it? Because I listened to like the CV one, like the four albums that came out over around throughout the seventies that is literally Stevie evolving and changing spiritually politically musically yeah, can you imagine it. if after songs yeah. of the key life, they were like, I, think, I think the story's been told I think we yeah. Get, yeah. let's just keep doing this we yeah. would have lost so much beautiful music yeah. it's like they're such idiots because the transformation of cr- true creatives is the journey you want to go on with yeah, them yeah. and actually that's what they want as well yes. they, want yeah. a, they want a long term artist they want something that's going to endure yeah. but then at the same time they're too scared to allow the artists to really have the sort of uh space to explore yeah. to get there it's a it's a weird um duality so yeah. you're in freedom land now yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Ah. <laughs> I, I noticed while you're talking about these things, you look at your sister a lot and you you get, you really support each other. You're very close, aren't you? Like, oh yeah.
3: If I need the rail, I'm going to call Lucy. <laughs> listen, this is actually like, because me, I can be a bit too airy-fairy. I'm Pisces and she's like, well, these are the facts. This is oh. what's
0: happening. What's you one side are you, Lucy? <laughs> I'm Aquarius. Oh, okay. Yeah, totally. It's true. funny because I think I'm fit. We're probably oh you kind of, <laughs> we need someone further in the spectrum. The I'll <laughs> be like,
3: oh, but maybe it's this. She's like, no, like, she protects me for sure. Yeah. She'll be like, these people you Know just bad, she'll keeping. always warn me and I won't listen.
2: <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> and she'll be like, Do you sniff him out quite oh, yeah. early? at the beginning? She's like, Actually. Just be careful. And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are growing up in Scotland because I am I'm half Scottish. My dad, biological dad is a Robin, Scottish, red hair. I have okay, well, okay. a brother and a sister, red hair with the, my family from Edinburgh. And uh, I went to Edinburgh last January, yeah, like a yeah. year ago this month to your grand's birthday to, to my grand. At granny Annie's 92nd <laughs> birthday and I was like who's are these all these white people with red hair who aren't just and because my job is meeting a lot of people mm. I had to keep reminding myself this isn't just a table of people these are my relatives right. this is my family and that was kind of crazy to me but you have grown up with your Zambian heritage and your Scottish heritage
0: just yeah, to, I mean, we're forever. not. So our mum's from England. We we ended up in Scotland. Oh, so we've yeah, yeah, from Cumbria. Yeah, from Cumbria right. That's right. right. That's why I was getting But confused. growing up in Scotland was like looking back now, it was it was amazing. Just being in like na- I mean, I'm a lo- big like nature lover. So just knowing when we go back and visit now, it's just peaceful. And I think I was having a conversation with someone the other day about there wasn't many distractions, mm. you know. Where so were you in we were in Aberdeenshire. I mean, you know, they was saying amazing. There was there was all different aspects of it. There were some challenges, and um, but yeah.
2: Were there any other black people? No, that was the, yeah, ch- that that was the challenge. I was going to say, just a little question.
3: <laughs> so not, that was our normal. Yeah. But then when you look back, you realise, you yeah. know, we probably did feel quite isolated. And thank God we had one another as well. That's yes. what I was saying. We mm-hmm. yeah. were so close growing up. And yeah. we were facing... You know, we're so different. We had friends, obviously, and it was so beautiful growing up there. But I think anything that makes you feel like a bit of an outsider, it will mm. influence your, you know, yeah, your and, development.
2: And your dad says something to you about being the only black uh, family in the village. So, you know, you're representing our family every time you are out in the world. You're representing your sister even. Yeah. Because I asked mom if it was the same in, because mom grew up in Suffolk in the 70s. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah right. only I mean, black family, so she knows. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> <laughs> That's, me, uh, no. That's why she took me straight to Portobello Road to raise yeah, I was like, it. and we're out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not do this anymore. Doing but I was like, did Nanny and Granddad John say the same thing to you? Like, you know, sort of be, be excellent or, or sort of... Be-? Well, for my dad, he was paranoid. Really, about what white people might think about mm, us. Yeah, he would just talk about the people all the time. He'd like, you know, don't let the people see you this. Don't let the people see you do that. Don't let the people. Don't touch the people's things. Cause I was always in everything. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, <what's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He basically wanted me, us, to fly under the radar. Yeah, that was yeah. exactly yeah. And our not experience. really ripple the pond. Mm. Assimilate. Which, that was the, yes. probably the perfect and word. And unfortunately for him, I was his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> uh, that was really a bit of bad luck for him. And also my brother was just, there was just it just wasn't ever going to happen. But he was just really worried that we were going to get judged all the time. Yeah. So Pressure just, and like... Yes.
0: S- keeping yourself in yeah. rather yes. than just, you know. Yes.
2: At one point this is how extreme it got at one point he didn't want us to flush the loo after a certain time at night oh, because they would know that somebody in the house had used the loo it was like oh my god oh, it's, sad. Okay. it's yeah. really sad it's yeah. horrible um, imprisoned yeah. yeah it's really really and sad like, don't, be, don't be seen don't be heard yeah right. don't be seen don't be heard don't be noticed yeah, yeah. yeah you know and um, I just went the other way I was going to say you I can't do that yeah Mm -hmm. you know it's like you know that feeling claustrophobia and feeling Mm -hmm. repressed it's awful to feel repressed Mm -hmm. for whatever reason in whatever way and I think you know if you've got any kind of spirit you're always going to yeah, fight back. But yeah. how was it for your Cumbrian mother marrying a Zambian man in the 80s? 80s. Yeah, 80s.
0: she was cut off basically. Oh, yeah. She was, yeah. Family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like to my mum and dad's wedding, I think one auntie oh, from my mum's family came.
3: And I think that's why we had this comparison. Like, we'd heard tales from my mum and dad that were so bad. Yeah, like you know. Sunderland's late 80s, um, you know, Zambian man and Cumbrian woman. Ouch. They went through a lot. So, yeah. you know, they got spat at, they got even attacked when I was in the pram with them. Yeah. So, they went through so much. I think that was our that's racism, that's when you can yeah. really feel it. I think if we look back now, it was difficult growing up being so different with always that threat of racism. It's mm-hmm. like, sometimes if someone doesn't like you, just have a fight, but it's almost like you're like, oh, but they're gonna say the words. Totally. And they're gonna call me
2: this. Totally, it's the like, yeah.
3: And you're kind of car away and you don't get to be yourself, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Let's just have it out, but you're just scared of this racism. So I think,
2: but in comparison to what my parents have been
3: through, we were living life, right? it's you so know? true, mm.
0: but then
2: you still have your own version of it. I remember it's so funny you said the words because that's what it was. It was like, Please don't say something okay, that I was. won't be able to unhear about myself. Yeah, yeah. And me and my cousin were in Barry St. Edmunds where my nan lived in Suffolk. Uh, we left the swimming pools and we were in such a good mood. And these horrible little boys called us coons. Mm. And I remember just like, I don't, it just like it hurt my back, yeah, mm. it yeah. went in me, and mm. I was like, that, that, I can't handle that ever happening again. Yeah. I don't know what that was, but yeah, that hurt and that scared me.
3: And it's so true, there's no no reaction to those words. There's nothing you oh. can canter, you know. Especially when you're in such a minority. Like growing up, I think sometimes people think, "Oh, you're being too sensitive. or oh, you're snowflakes." It's, it's not. It's like you said. It's a very serious pain, yeah, which brings up childhood traumas, and it could easily be avoided. Yeah, you know? and you.
2: And what you don't realize, I suppose, and it takes me. It took me a long time to realize that I was still reacting to those things as an adult. You know, there's a part of me waiting for some vile thing to yes. come out something yeah. hateful yeah. to be said or like you and said that really, the words that really yeah. is that really is trauma isn't it waiting for and a trigger what yeah. you just said it's like the words went in your back you know mm. it's like that stuff but it's, it's but it's like yeah but we're also sitting around this table for very successful people yeah it, I mean, it, that shit is fuel yeah unfortunately it shouldn't have to be yeah. it shouldn't have to come from pain yeah but pain is fuel yeah and i think if you're yeah, it can be it can, if you use yeah. it right. And I, I If you survive it. I'm just mm. it's nice to be around the table and talk know that you guys have been through all these things and look what you've done with yeah. your life. Yeah. Yeah. Look it definitely make makes you done. stronger. Because mm. yeah. you're
3: dealing with things that you shouldn't have to as a kid. Yes. But you have to grow up super quick and you have to develop this thick skin really, which has definitely helped me throughout my time. But it's 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 the the deeper part of you, the part your artist within you. It's a shame that there's kind of these layers that you, until you can actually be yourself and just relax out and about, mm. you have to get through these layers. So you're, if you're in competition, that's cl- someone that has none of these worries, they're never gonna be called these warriors walking down the street, they're never gonna be attacked, there's none of these issues, then how do you, how can you sit in the room and be an artist with them, yeah. like, until you're fully relaxed? I think that's why so many people will turn to substance abuse or alcohol yeah. or bad habits because they're trying to get to that state of Peace. Which which takes so much longer to get to when you have to deal with stuff that's so out with your control and so systemic.
2: Well now I'd like to talk to you about love then, girls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Time for love. Time
1: for
2: love. I hear that you're in love. Yes, I'm
3: very much in love. Beautiful. Um, You got all like dreamy. That's cute. cute. Congratulations! Thank you. I mean, it's an amazing feeling, and especially talking about all of this stuff. Growing up, I really had such a sense of loneliness, and music was. My friend. Music, was I put everything into. And that's where so much of my expression comes through that. Because I did it from when I was a kid. And that's where I was heard. But there was this loneliness all the time. And then even when you start working, the success is wonderful. But you are essentially alone. Oh, totally. Everyone around you, you're paying. So you make fantastic relationships with them. But like, are we going to chill on a day off? Or, you know, and there's that kind of like... Then, Heartbreak as well because you get so close to people because it's 24 seven working, and then so the, yeah, that you do come home to this loneliness. And,
2: and then, also, Lucy, do you have uh, yeah, you said you homeschool you, so you have kids, yes, yeah. So, kind of as someone as close to you as your sister, her life is changing and evolving. And you're sort of missing things, yeah, like, and you're away, well, like, hey, like, you're supposed to be the little sister, she's like, Grow
0: up, Adele. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How many kids do you have? I've got two, oh, two man. little boys. I've got 2 stepsons. My stepsons are teenagers and then my boys are five and two. Oh, wow. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's oh. a lot of boys. <laughs> <laughs> so do you now have the time to be with like people like your nephews in a completely different way? Yeah. You make you, that time. Yeah,
3: and I think it all started to dawn on me with, you know, lockdown. When everything, this thing that you've been, go, 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 mm. and yeah, you know, I've got to achieve. And then suddenly everything shut off. So there's no, you didn't cancel anything. Mm. You don't know what the future holds. There's no security in the future now because your job's been completely cancelled. So that was the first time I really let myself relax a bit and just exhale. That's when I fell in love with Joanna. That's when we had this you know, amazing time together. And how did you
2: meet somebody new in lockdown then?
3: Well, it started with um, learning about classical music. So, uh-huh. yeah.
2: <laughs> so that's how it started. No, no, it's like follow what you love. Yeah,
3: and it was all came from music. And also... You know, there's no time to practice classical piano when you're working all the time. But this is something for years I'd wanted to get into. And that's the kind of double-edged sword of success. Like, you have kind of have to pause your progression to fulfill your, you know, commitments, but... The musician in you's like, why aren't we practicing? Why aren't we spending five hours today doing this and learning wow. more about this never ending world of music? So that's how we met and yeah, just falling in love's been amazing. Really life-changing and mm. spending you know, seeing my sister become a mother and an amazing mother, her children
2: growing, it's just been the most yeah, natural, beautiful time of my life. Oh, I love yeah. that. I, I think you said I like lo- you said I'm in a very lucky position that I'm free as a black woman to say that I'm in love with a woman yeah did you what did you mean by free
3: well I think there's one thing you know there's so many levels that you have to go through in self-acceptance I think first of all the biggest thing is to accept who you are or who you love and because there's so much mentally to kind of block you in that and then once you've accepted yourself then it's your your family's acceptance then you know wider you know telling my fans was a big deal mm-hmm. but then i think the freedom to actually say it you know i think a lot of people may feel the same way as me but can't say it or feel they'll be judged or there's all these different pressures you know and um, and i feel that i feel free because i have to you know i'm that type of person if i'm I have to sing I have to make music if I love someone I have to say it I can't be maybe I will be attacked maybe people may not like it but I can't not say what's my truth Mm. it's impossible for me what
2: a time to be making an album when something Mm. so beautiful is happening in in your world and to sing those songs with real
3: conviction you know I'm ready to love again to really put yourself out there after being hurt to actually get in that position where like actually I'm ready to take that risk again yes and I've put myself back together and now I wanna I'm ready to really go for it so to sing it Really meaning it, and we wrote a track on the let's say, for instance, called um, July 25th. So it's our first composition that we've done together. And oh, so
2: you're writing, it's, oh it's my god, yeah. music together! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you it
3: on this record, um, on the last one, um, yeah, let's oh. say, for instance. So it's it's just so lovely because. Often words aren't enough and when you like that's why we've just got this crazy connection as both being musicians. Oh my god. A lot can be said through melodies, so oh, it's oh, really so lovely. Well, that's yeah.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> sexy and great. That's why you look like that in that yeah, picture. Yeah, like, <laughs> <subject>. <laughs> <laughs> oh making sense now. Because <laughs> I literally should look at the look in her eye. Wow. You're like hi there. Yeah. Like, yeah. like a kind of oh, it's quite timeless that photo. Mm, I feel you. like it. It kind of reminds me of like you know, kind of almost old Diana Washington. Yes, vibes. absolutely, absolutely. And so, how, what, what, what will you change now that you've learned sort of so much more about the things that you want and that you need to to live the life you want? How will you change promoting this record and and mm-hmm. the way you are as an artist in in the, you know we need this industry. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, not even unfortunately. It's like. You've got to find the way. You've got to find a way.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel really lucky with Chrysalis. Uh, They've really been behind this album. And everything that I've really wanted to, to do, from the artwork to the videos to everything, the song choices, they've really allowed me to have that, you know, complete say in what's going on. Um, so I feel lucky there, but I think it's just taking time to make decisions, not being rushed, not feeling pressured, mm-hmm. consulting, <laughs> consulting, <laughs> your, my, consulting my family, <laughs> you yeah. my partner, consulting Lucy, my parents <laughs> and just, yeah. yeah, letting things have a natural flow. If you force something, it's not going to happen. And I think I love the album and I hope that that love and passion will kind of make people want to hear it.
2: It's been so lovely to have you guys here. It really, really has. Yeah, I wanted to say thank you so much for coming in. And and just, I I truly believe the more people that come through our door, I feel like these are spiritual moments in my life that I will never forget. And these are connecting moments that we take into our hearts so thank you for yeah, being at our you. table thank, thank for you having for having us thanks for being beautiful food beautiful drink.
0: food <laughs> beautiful food oh great drink I'm glad <laughs> you did you like the food I love the
2: food oh I'm so she was like I'm going to make a vegan feast <laughs> <laughs> for Lucy I'm going to give you some I'll show food. you vegan <laughs> <laughs> What I thought my drink was going to bring to the lunch was actually brought by the guests. Warmth and wonder. Wow, weren't they lovely? Really lovely. I loved someone coming on with their sibling. Yeah. And they really are close sisters, Emily and Lucy. Like, you can just see them as little youths running around together. So Emily does this sweet thing, because she is quite like, you can see she lives very much in her head and in her kind of artistic brain and her mind and being and she she kind of looks to Lucy to ground her while she's talking and I just you could you could see the rhythm of their childhood yeah whilst we were sitting opposite them and you know when you meet someone and you know they're in a really special beautiful time in their life yes and I could that's really emanating from her and the fact that she's made new music and and there is an album to sort of encapsulate this moment in time yeah 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 she's making music with her partner I can't wait to hear that right I like Joanna. I really want to hear that. I bet that's why she looks like that in that picture. She when so she nice. gave us the record, I thought that is a really something, a really enigmatic about that photo. Close to it? herself at the moment, and actually yeah. doing the research, remembering the kind of stratospheric career that she mm. had. I didn't say in the interview, but that year that she did the Olympics opening and closing ceremony, her album was the biggest selling album of the year. Wow! So, like that—that I mean, that that, was quite that, the year. That's three years <laughs> after she'd left medicine school. Three years after she'd left medicine school, I. I couldn't believe, that was my I couldn't believe moment. <laughs> it's really interesting when somebody comes who we have no knowledge of each other whatsoever and okay. that we can get this place of intimacy and beautiful exchange like so quickly and so easily, and that's what food does that's what this table does and that's what we do and that's why i'm so glad we're making these programs and we're doing this work and it really is our way of thanking the world yeah every day thank you stirring it up For existing. No, no. (laughs) Thank you, you. No, but thank you, you, Mummy, and thank you, me, for doing this, because it's enriching us and giving, giving us so much. It makes us better.
0: Planning for your next trip?